Thank you, brother. The servant of the Lord. Amen. Jesus. Good morning. Are we awake? Ooh. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I think we're going to have to start a service at 8 o'clock in the morning, right? And uh, to be able to get through. All right, let's, let's, let's get into this right away. Uh, 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 through 10. Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, I know there's a lot of things to cover. And I'm asking you in the name of Jesus for you to give us the time and are able to hear what you have for us today. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 through 10. I always ask my congregation, the Spanish congregation, where is 2 Thessalonians? <laughs> before and after, before and after what? So I don't know if you guys there already. Um, I'm one of the old-time preachers. I like to hear the Bible. I like to hear the pages. I know that this day and time is a lot of other stuff to use, but hey, you use what you feel comfortable. I like pages. Second Thessalonians 2 says, Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by some prophecy report or letter supposed to have come from us, saying that the day of the Lord has already come. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way. For that day would not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God, or it is worship, so that he set himself up in God's temple proclaiming himself to be God. Don't you remember that when I was with you, I used to tell you these things. And now you know what is holding him back, so that he may be revealed at the proper time. For the sacred power of loneliness is already at work, but the one who now holds it, holds it back will continue to do so until he is taken out of the way. And, the, and then the loneliness one will be revealed whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. The coming of the Lord's one will be accordance with the work of Satan, displaying all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs and wonders, and in every sort of evil and deceives, and deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be safe. But two weeks ago, I, um, I had a call. Somebody, a, a pastor from, from Florida called me. You know, he calls me from time to time, uh, not often, but usually I would say maybe every five months or anyway, he calls me from time to time. And two weeks ago, I would say about two weeks ago, right after prayer, uh, Wednesday morning, my phone rang and there was a pastor from Florida and uh, he says to me, Pastor Willie, I have a word for Global River. I don't know. I have no idea. What's, he went right in. He says, I have no idea what's going on, but I'm going to tell you this. 
the shaking the Global River Church is going right now is from the Lord. That was the word for this pastor from Global River, I mean from, from uh, Florida, who spoke to me two weeks ago or two or three weeks ago. And he says the shaking the Global River Church is going right now, it is from the Lord. And the time of refreshing is coming. Tell Pastor Tom to continue doing what he's doing because refreshing is coming and the shaking is from the Lord. Are we being through some shaking? We have. We even have changed the look, I guess, of a church. And some people don't uh, like it too much. Get with it. I know that we don't like change. <laughs> we don't like change. It looks great, amen. But I have to say this, and, I, and, and I, I'm, I'm going to get to what I need to talk to about, but I need to say this because sometimes we, we, we feel that, um, give me the wheels and let me drive this thing. You know, I, I need to be the captain too. You know, get a, put, go to the side and, and, and let me take the wheel of this ship and let me, let me, let me handle these things because, because you're sleeping on the wheel or you're kind of not doing what I think you should be doing. Well, let me tell you, when you hire a, 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 a ship, whatever it is, you have one captain and you probably have one, somebody who assists you. And the captain is responsible of every person in the ship. And we have to understand and we have to just, just kind, of, kind of get into a mind that the God have chosen a person to lead this church in the, in, in, in the right path that the God have chosen somebody in this church to lead us to, to, to the promised land, if you will. And that person is a senior pastor. And if we, you don't submit to the authority that the God have put in place, let me tell you, your ship will wreck. You're going to go to a wrong direction. So it might as well, and, and, and I'm talking to you as, as a pastor, but also as a friend, and I'm talking to you as as. As I see things, submit. Submit to the authority that God has put in, in, in to lead you. Because if we don't, let me tell you, you will not submit into the Lord. You will not. The Bible is very clear. He says, he says, the Bible says, if you don't love your brother, that you see it right there with you, don't tell me that you love me because you are a liar. The Bible says if we don't honor the authority that God has put in place, don't tell me that you honor me because it's not so. So let's get this thing right. Let's start honoring those people that God has put in place, not just the senior pastor, but people who are in leadership in your community, in your workplace, in your house, your parents, whoever it might be. We need to start getting this thing right, brothers and sisters, because you know why? The shaking will continue. And it was already started in the house of the Lord. In the house of the Lord, it will continue to be shaking. You better hold on. And he says to me, this pastor from Florida, he goes to me, and I'm going to tell you something, Pastor Willie. 
those who stay in the river. And he meant, he says, global river. Those who stay in the river will be blessed. Those who stay in the river. So you know what? I do want to stay in the river. <laughs> I want to stay in the presence of the Lord. I want to honor. You know, from the beginning of my life, I know that I'm going a different way. But in the beginning of my life, I, the, my parents, my uncles and, and aunts and everybody and the teachers, they, they, they told me, you honor, respect the elders. And there was no one person that I was there that was older than me to call him you or this or the way we say here. We, we have a word in Spanish that usually, or you don't have it in English, we call it usted. It was you referred to another person as sir. You will never disrespect somebody. But this today in this society is no respect for nobody. There's no honoring nobody. And, and believe me, that's the reason you see the chaotic things that we see in the world. That's not my message, but this is a rabbit trail that I want to take. <laughs> Maybe we need it. So, if, we, if, we are, if you're writing something down, I don't have a, an outline like Pastor Tom does. I just have some things that I, I need to go through. But I have to tell you something that you need to know. Satan visits every place that God visits. Satan visits every place that God visits. And you can look at a history. You can look at even your past life. The day that you come to the Lord, you can be sure that Satan will visit you to see if it's true that you have confessed him as your Lord and Savior. When you get healed, you'll be sure that Satan will visit you the next day and tell you, you're not healed. You still have the same thing. When you are delivered from some kind of addictions, you can be sure that Satan will visit you and says, are you healed? Are you sure you're free from this addiction? I don't think so because you still really want it. You're still thinking about it. Satan will visit the places that God visits. And I believe, this is my belief, I believe that it is for that reason that almost always, even here or in the Spanish congregation I'm almost I always almost always I preach always I preach a warning the Lord gives me a message about warning warn my people warn my people of this warn them Amen. so the Lord always almost always direct me to preach a warning because why we are living in a time that we must be alert. Believe me, you have to wake up. We're living in a time that you, you got to stay awake. You have to be alert. We must be on watch. And we have to be prepared. We have to be prepared. It's too many people going to the church and too many people receiving so many studies and so many people just getting fat. And when something comes, comes around them, they fall like, like I mean, it's, it's amazing to me how many studies and how many times we read the Bible and how many times we, we, we've been taught, we've been preached about and how many times we tell us. And when something comes along, here we go, falling down. 
running away. Like we never heard of it. Like we never, we never even, we act like we don't even know the word of God. We really do. We act like we don't even know the word of God. The Bible says very clearly, and, I, and I, sometimes I get almost like angry to a point. The Bible says so clear that if, I, if you offend me or I offend you, the first thing you need to do is just confront me. Come to me. Tell me. Ask me. Pastor Willie, I didn't like this. Oh, I am very sorry. I didn't mean that. Oh, hey, listen. This is what I meant, and maybe you need to change. I don't know. <laughs> Hey, if I was speaking the truth of the Bible, I'm not going not to compromise the Bible and say, well, I'm very sorry that I say that to you. No, you know what? It's in the Word, and you're doing it, and you need to change. That's it. You need to change it. But the Bible says that. You know, come to the person. Fix it. You know why, why, why is that? That God wants that? God wants us to restore relationship. He doesn't want it to destroy you. He, want, he doesn't want me to destroy somebody, bad mouth somebody or telling this or telling that. He wants me to restore that person. If it's true that I know that this person is going the wrong direction, I'm not going to go over there and say, tell them all, everybody, and tell them, you know, you're not doing this right. I need to talk to this person and, and love on the person and try to rebuild that person back to the Lord, restore it back. If it's true, then the person is doing something wrong. If the person, I have offended the person, or, 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 so we, we talk about it, we fix it, we love one another, and we say, it's in the past. It's over. That's what the Bible says. And if the person, let's say, doesn't understand that, maybe, maybe doesn't want to hear it, you get another person who is honorable, who is respectful, who you also can trust, and you bring the person and you say, brother, I, I want you to go with me because we have to restore the relationship with my brother, my sister, because she's not listening to me. Can we please go together? Let's help them. Let's encourage them. But it's got to be somebody who you trust. It's got to be somebody who, who is honorable so it doesn't go over there and start gossiping about the person. So you bring the person and you talk to the person in a loving way. Tell them, I want to love you. I want to restore our relationship. I want us to, to worship together. And if that doesn't happen, then, then we tell the church which is the leaders, which is the pastors. Then you bring that in a choir in the setting way and say, Pastor, I need to tell you something. This is going on. Please help us because this is bringing division. But no, we never read the Bible. We say we do, but we go ramping, gossiping, and telling everybody about what happened and this happened, and everybody believes all this gossiping, all this poisoning, and, you, and what, you, what you're not getting is that you've been poisoning yourself. By listening to lies and things that we should not be listened to. I don't know if it's anybody here, but I, I, you, you probably think that I, I'm, I'm saying all these things because I know something. No, I know the word. I know the word, and that's what the word says. And this is what we need to do. If you have done otherwise, you need to change and say, no, I'm going to follow the instructions of the Lord because it will never work. If you're going to jump rank, if you, wanna, if you don't want to go by yourself and you don't want to go with somebody and you're coming straight to the pastor, it's not going to work. 
it doesn't work because the instructions doesn't say that. I, I usually say to the people, if you're going to take the tire out of the car, do you rip the tire out first? How do you take the tire out of the car? Anybody knows? Read the instruction, but you got to take the, 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 whatever, the bolt out first. Bolt out there. And then how do you put the tire back? You are going to put the bolt first? No, you put the tire first and then bolt. It's the same thing with the word of God. Nothing works if you don't put it that way in order, the way it's supposed to go. It doesn't work. So you need to do the, the way the instructions of the Lord tells us. And, and, and it's, it's amazing, you know, we, we, you got to be ready, brother and sister. You got to be prepared. You got to be, you got to wake up because Satan is deceiving too many people. But doing what he's telling him to do and believing the lies that he's saying so that we can do what he's doing and following these things and completely destroying not only your life, but the life of your brothers and sisters. And we need to change that. This is a, that's right, the Lord, he says, just, I have to speak of this warning that we have not been prepared. We have not been awake. We have not been watching how Satan works. Why is it, why, why is the Lord saying all these things to us? What is, what is the reason that the Lord is saying all these things to us? As you read the word, the word of God very carefully, by the time we read the word, the, the word of God, like we're driving 90, mile per hour, 90 miles per hour, we just read it and the TV is on and we read it when somebody's on the phone and we read it when somebody's talking and the radio and everything else and we don't have no time for the word of God. So we read in the word of God and we have no clue what we're saying, no, no clue what God's saying, nothing. Why are we saying all this? Why is the Lord telling this to us? So if you read the word very carefully, you are able to see that Satan always goes behind the Lord to imitate or contaminate or destroy the work of the Lord. The reason that we're going through, that what we're going through is because the, the leaders of this church are trying to live by the word of God, do what the word of God says, and preach the word of God. And this church is moving up. And the reason this, that the, all this shaking is because when you go up, some shaking is going to happen. And if you don't want to go up, then you got to stay down. But we're going up. We're moving up. We're moving. Just look at our congregation. Our congregation is is, is filled with young people. I don't know. I know that the, the, the English church is... Almost everybody is under 40, I guess. Sometimes I look very old. I remember one time we took a trip somewhere. We took a trip somewhere in Chicago, and, and I was the second oldest person. Uh, George Mojica was with me. I saw George Mojica before. George was a little bit older than me, and I'm like, wow, George, you and I are old people. <laughs> so I was the oldest one. <laughs> Let me read something to you very quickly in Acts 16. It says that Paul was there preaching the gospel and telling people how to be saved and all these things. And, uh, so it says that once in uh, Acts 16, verse 16 through 18, it says, well, once when we are going to a place of prayer, we are met by a female slave who have a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for our owners by future telling, fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, 
these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoying that he turned around and said to her, or said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. Amen. At the moment, the spirit left her. Yeah. I want to, am I surprised to you maybe what I'm going to say? But this day and time, I bet you was a lot of church today that will hire her. Because she's preaching the gospel. She is telling people how to be saved. It's a lot of church today, a lot of people, a lot of Christians. I, I, I don't want to say churches, but many places today who, who might think that she was, she was telling the truth, that she's speaking the gospel, that she's to be a preacher, and all of a sudden, let's hire this girl because she, she really got it. She really got it. If you didn't spend time with the Lord, if you don't spend time with Jesus, let me tell you, Satan can disguise himself and preach the gospel too. But it's a twisted gospel. It is a lie from Satan and he disguised himself and this is a young lady. Tell him exactly what Paul's saying, but it was twisted. It was mocking the Holy Spirit. And if you don't have discernment today, if you don't, if you don't wake up, let me tell you, you will find a lot of these people sitting right next to you telling you that they also know the Lord. And they have no clue what they know, what they, what they say. They have no clue. Because the time of testing comes, you see. You can tell who is really for the Lord and who is not. You can tell. We need, we need, to, be, we need to be aware I know that I, I'm, I'm, I always preach like this, and, and maybe sometimes I feel it's because I know in me the spirit of the evangelist is, and I, I, it's, like, it's like I always say, you know, I feel like I have to get you safe. <laughs> I feel like I need to get the congregation to stand forward and get saved because there's a lot of people in the church who are really not saved, who are really not saved. You think you are, but you're really not. You have to check yourself. And really understand if you're not. Or even living in sin and think you're not living in sin. Or doing things and you think it's not, it's, it's, you're not doing anything wrong. <laughs> but why did I'm, Satan always goes behind the Lord? In Matthew, Matthew 13, 24, it, it has a parable of the wheat and weeds. Which is for me, for a Spanish person, these things almost sounds the same. So I have to say, good grass and big grass. <laughs> Something like that. All right? <laughs> good tomatoes and bad tomatoes. Right, Neil? <laughs> but he is, a, he, is a, uh, he is a man who went to the field and he planted the good weed. Good weed. And the servant came after him, and after the thing was, came out and grow, he says, he went to his, to his master and said, Master, didn't did we plant a good, good seeds? What happened? All of a sudden, there's a lot of bent weeds in there. And the master says to him, do you know who did this? The enemy. After we plant all these good seeds, this Satan came behind it, and he planted all the bad seeds. 
I don't know if you're getting this. But I'm telling you, when you receive the word from the Lord and somebody talks to you about what God's saying to the word, immediately somebody or, or your thought or somebody comes alongside and don't believe him. You're going to believe that you need to submit to the leadership of this church? Are you crazy? You don't have to do that. No. You don't do that. You believe that thing that you need to, that you need to tithe? You ever been to Pastor Willie's house? He has a pool. <laughs> he has a swimming pool. <laughs> yeah. You believe that? Are you crazy? You don't need to tie. You don't. <laughs> Amen. You have, to, you have to get it into your head. You have to understand that the work of Satan is to destroy the work of the Lord. And if you hold to that and if you listen to his lie, he will say, welcome with me. Welcome to poverty. Welcome. <laughs> welcome. Your house and your children and your cars and everything will be broken, your job and this and that. I'm telling you, he deceives you. So he goes behind what God has done for you. Another thing that you need to know, the good deeds of the righteous person will expose the deeds of the unrighteous. You need to know that. You need to know. Because when you do something right, somebody wants to do the same or even more than you. But you know what they want? They want promotion. They want the name to be written in the thing. They want for you to say, well done. Wow, this is beautiful. How wonderful that is. They want recognition. So the good deeds of the righteous person will expose the hypocrisy of those who want to make believe they are. And it's a lot of people who want to make believe. It's a lot of people who want the center of the stage just to get applause, just to get recognition. Brother, and this is killing the church. This is killing the God's people. We are fighting against each other. We are... We are gossiping against each other. We are trying to tear us down because I want his position. I wanted to get what he's at. I wanted to do what he's doing. And I, whatever it takes, I'm going to do it. If I, if I need to gossip, if I need to destroy him, I'm going to get it because I need that position. You might get there, but you will be destroyed. Because if God doesn't call you, believe me, you force yourself in it. And Satan will love that. We need to be very careful. Don't think this is just me saying. It's in the word. Look at Acts, Acts 4, 36 and 37. Look at Acts 4, 36 and 37. This is a young man when the, when the apostle, the church was booming. The church was just flowing in the spirit. And everybody was coming to the church and, and just, just by thousands. And, 
Everybody was helping one another. Everybody was loving one another. Everybody was just, just there to, to serve the Lord. And he is a young man, Barnabas, who came and sold the field. He went and sold his land. And he says, you know, I'm going to give this to the apostles so that they can, they, the, the people or the poor, whoever, they get help. And they will share everything they have. And they came and, and sold this field and gave the money to the apostles. Immediately, two hypocrites, they were trying to or make believe that they were believers or make believe that they also want to do a good deed. They say, ah, here we go. We can do the same. I'm going to go and sell my field, and we're going to bring in all the money to the apostles. And they went and sold the field. But apparently, it was a little bit too much. And when they realized, wow, we can give this, all this money to them. It's too much. Let's, take, let's, let's keep half of it. Let's keep half of it. And when they go to, the, to, to Peter, it says, Peter, here is the money that we saw. Can I ask you a question? Why is you lying to the Holy Spirit? Why is you lying to the Holy Spirit? Let me tell you something. One dollar, one dollar of your ten dollar is not yours. You can keep it if you want to. God doesn't need your money. He doesn't. But if you make the money to be your God, he will destroy you. So the Bible says very clearly that you need to obey his word from cover to cover. From Genesis to Revelation, you need to work to, to, to obey what God's saying to you. Obey it. And it will go well with you. There was a preacher one time. He says that somebody came and says, Pastor, I can't afford to tithe. And he says, Son, you can't afford not to. Because you keep the 10 and Satan would take you 90. The opposite is you keep God your 10 and he will multiply your 90. You can do either way. Do the math and you make a decision. Um, this message is not about tithing. This message is, but you need, to, you need to wake up. You need to be ready. You need to understand what God is saying to God's people. He's not telling this to the world. He's telling to the people he have chosen. And you have been chosen by the Lord. And if you've been chosen by the Lord, there's no way around but by obeying what he tells you. There's no way around that. Let me give you the first example of Satan visiting, visiting the place that God has visited. <laughs> wow. That's the time. Jacob, can you move that time back? <laughs> the first time, the first time that Satan visited where God had visited is in Genesis chapter 3. We know the story. I don't need to go to tell you the whole story of what happened there, right? Everybody know the story in chapter 3? Well, Satan went to, to, to Eve and he told them all these lies and she believed him. And the second place that Satan 
visit was in Genesis 9 with Noah. Noah was the same. He got the flood and everything. The Lord spoke to him, do this, do this, do this, do that. And after you went through all that, you ever been through a, through a time where you go through a really, really crazy day? And you want to go home and just relax and say, my goodness, I deserve a glass of wine. I just going to sit down and enjoy this thing. Maybe nothing wrong with it if you, have, if you don't have issues. But here, Satan basically told Noah, you have gone through so much. You locked yourself over a year in this thing. And now you came out and, and the, the earth is beautiful. He plants some vineyards and he says, you know, I think I'm going to do something with this thing. I'm just going to make some wine. And he drank some wine and he made fool of himself. He got drunk. And the whole generation until today is still under that curse. Because Satan deceived Noah to drink a wine. But going back to Eve, what, what was the serpent tent Eve with? By getting her to doubt God's goodness. If Satan get to tempt you or deceive you by you doubting God's goodness in your life, he will get you. Because immediately you think God is not sufficient. God is not going to do this. God is not going to help me. God, God lied to me. This is not going to happen. And, and you start doubting what God says he will do for you. So he got, say, he got Eve to doubt God's goodness. But Satan used a sincere motive, if he ever used any sincere sincerity. A sincere motive, how he deceived. That's why you have to be very careful. You have to be awake because Satan can use something that appears to be very sincere, very good. You know, one of the things that most of the time I say is, is, is a, like a credit card syndrome. Get it, get it, get it now. It's an special today. You have to buy it. You have to buy it. But don't worry. Your bill comes later. And where you have to buy it with a high interest, interest rate. I always tell people, don't let Satan contaminate what God wants to bless, especially for young people. I always tell them, don't, don't fold yourself into this temptation or having sexual morality before you get married because God wants to bless your marriage. But if he gets to contaminate that, you will be having a chaotic marriage later on. So you have to stay, you have to understand that the desire of Satan is to contaminate what God wants to bless. So Satan used a sincere motive to tempt Eve. He says to her, you know what he says? You would be like God. You would be like God. It's very sincere. Why, why I'm saying this? You have to understand that it's not wrong for a believer or a, a, a Christian to want it to be like God. It's not, a, it's not a wrong thing. It's not a wrong thing that you want it to be like Jesus. It's not. But Satan used that. You can be like God. God says, be holy for I am holy. Jesus says, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. I only do what I see my Father doing, and I only say what I hear my Father saying. Therefore, he was just like his Father. He was. 
Satan said that to, to Eve. You can be like God. Our highest goal as believer it should be that we want to be like Jesus. Amen? That's why God has called you. And that's, how, that's, how, that's the reason you're still in this world. It is for you to represent him. And when people see you, they can see the Father in you. They can see Jesus Christ in you. We're not there yet. But we, 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 at least that's, that's, how, that's what we work for. That we can, when people see me, when people insult me, they can see Jesus in me. That's the goal. That is the goal that we need, that we, that we strive for. But Satan deceived Eve and also will deceive us in how we accomplish that goal. That's, that is where you need to be aware. He deceives us and deceives Eve and, and Adam by how you accomplish that goal. And that's what you need to be aware of. In Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10 says, Their heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what the deeds deserve. Brothers and sisters, it's a lot of stuff that we do with the wrong motive. We say the intention for me is to restore a relationship together. In the meantime, I'm putting a knife in your back. In the meantime, I'm going around destroying your life. But I want to restore your life. I might as well to have a bazooka and put it in the, in, in the person's face. And probably you restore their life better than the gossiping and, and, and the backbiting and the knifing of the person behind the back. I had a dream not too long ago, clearly dream. There was a, it was like a, a church. It was a church, but it's not a Christian church. Well, it, was a, it was like a, a Greek church. And he is the, the pastor. Everybody was coming out in and out of the church. It was late. And somebody was saying they are, you know, anyway, angry because he was always late. So when I see the pastor come into the church, he was a beautiful, um, how you call a jacket. And anyway, he was dressed up all in white, like beautiful. And then he, when he passed me, as I look back, he was dressed in the back black with the black stripes. Two faces. In one way, when you come in, you look very holy. As you go, you look like something else. Brothers and sisters, that's a dream that God says to us. You have to be careful. We need to be transparent. We need to be, we need to, to, to be who we are. We need to, to, to follow the word of God and do what it says and don't be two faces. You got to be transparent. And it's too many people today living a double life. He, Satan, told Eve that she could become like God. You know how? By defying his authority. That's how you become like God. In other words, basically what he was saying to her, 
you take the place and decide for yourself what's best for your life. You take his place and decide for yourself what's best for your life. Don't listen to them. Who are they? You think they know better than you? They don't. You think pastor knows better than you? He doesn't. You read the Bible too. You go to his studies. You have quiet time. Why you listen to him? You know better than they do what's best for you. That's what, the, that's what Satan is saying. As well as children needs parents to guide them. No matter how old you get, no matter how much knowledge you have, you always need a spiritual covering, a leader Amen. to lead you. Amen. Believe me, you need it. Because the moment Satan deceives you to stay by yourself somewhere, and because you already know everything, you know the truth, he had, he, he had you. He got you. So you better stay in the covering. It doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. I think you know everything. I know there's no teenagers here, so I can say this. <laughs> somebody, somebody told me, if you want to know something, as a teenager, well, they know everything. <laughs> You have seen that the teenagers know everything? That's your six-year-old already. So wait, brother. <laughs> you know what, what, what Satan was really saying to, to Eve? He was saying to her, you be your own God. You be your own God. And that's what he's saying to us today. You be your own God. You don't need this thing. You don't need it. You must understand one thing, that is not the same to become like God than trying to become God. It's not the same thing to trying to become like God or for you to be God or to, for you to become God. The world is crying for help. The world is crying for help, but not from God. The schools are trying to, to do everything to eliminate violence, addictions, and drugs, and alcoholism. But they will say to you, don't mention the name of Jesus. We want to get rid of these things, but make sure that you do not mention Jesus. The city and the state government are asking the churches around the community, help us, help us, help us to combat this violence that is on the streets. But don't you dare mention the name of Jesus. You think it's going to help? Do you think it's going to do any good? Do you think it's going to help anybody if you leave Jesus out? If the cross offends you, as my brother Neil says, you need to find yourself another church. I'm sorry to say this, and Pastor Tom is not here today to probably put me down from this platform. But I can tell you that, brothers and sisters, our church will follow the word of God and Jesus Christ is the center of our doing things. And if you don't like the cross, amen, if you don't like the cross, if you don't like our, the, the way we preach the Bible and the way we're trying to live this word and do what the word says, then I am very sorry, but you probably are in the wrong place. You probably are. I'm not, I'm not pushing you out. I'm asking you to come forward and ask us, how can we do this together? How can I, I believe what you believe? But if you don't do that, 
you probably are in the wrong place. You probably are. And that's why all this shaking is going on. Because a lot of people don't believe that Jesus Christ is the captain of this boat. And we just follow his direction. And whatever he says, we do. Whatever he says, we do. Some people don't like it. But we got to obey it. We got to obey it. Read some, I'm sorry, read Matthew 9.35. It says, or you can read it later because I have to. Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Now, as a pastors, as leaders, we're trying to do a lots of stuff. I know that you know what we do. Most of you guys know. You probably see in Facebooks and the, and, and the computer and whatever and the and then that, you see all that stuff. We do, Mike, Michael Thornton is going all over the country doing stuff. Pastor Tom is doing everything, everywhere. I'm doing here and doing there. And we're just serving the community. We're serving the country. We're serving everywhere. We go everywhere. But what happened? What happened when we do all this? Satan will revisit every place that we go to. Just like he, he did before. He revisited those places. Ah. Here the Bible says that the, that, that the people being delivered from all kinds of bondages and afflictions. But Satan will cause them to lose the testimony of Jesus. Satan will go right behind when you lead somebody to the Lord and he's that... It, Go behind you after you lead somebody to the Lord and Satan is start telling this person it's a lie. You don't need to do that. It's, you, you will not save. Look at you. You're still thinking all this negative stuff. You still want to do stuff. And, and he goes right behind trying to destroy the work that we have done already. But why, why, why? Why do you think this happened? Why is it that Satan goes right behind us and trying to destroy the work that we do? He's a liar. But look at why. It's, it's, in, it's in Luke, Luke 9, 35, but also Luke 9, 36, and 38. It says, when he, Jesus says, when he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, their harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. As the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send our workers into, the, into his harvest field. The hardest thing to do, it is for us to get volunteers to do anything. The hardest thing to do for the church is to find people who can go and visit the sick. The hardest thing for the church is to find people who can, who can fellowship with other believers and encourage them. And set we spend time fighting against each other and the, and the church. We fight them by the color of the church. We find it by the, by the carpet. We find it by the air condition. We find that who want to get in first place and who want to get a chair. Who want to be in the, with a microphone. Let me tell you, this is what is destroying the church. We fighting against each other. Come on, we got to stop that. We got to get rid of that. We got to put our foot down and tell Satan, you're not going to put me against my brother. You're not going to tell me anything against my brother. He is my brother. This is my church. I will defend my church. I will defend my leaders. I will defend the pastors. I will defend the church that I go to. Come on. But we sit quietly. We sit quietly. Like, like we didn't care what's going on. 
You think if somebody come to me and tell me something about my brother Michael, you know what? I was going to say this before, and I, I went, when my brother Michael speaks, even the announcement makes me excited. I feel like I want to jump and shout when he does the announcement. When he preaches, it's like, it's like you, you just can't help to say, Hallelujah, Lord, praise Jesus, amen. You get excited. How can I, how can I allow any knucklehead anywhere come and tell me, tell me something negative about my brother Michael? I'm going to stand and defend him and say, this is my brother, and you will not talk to me about him. Amen. And any of you to do the same about any of you, we need, to, we need to stand together as we pray. We need to fight this thing together. We need to be in unity and fight Satan. Don't allow yourself to be contaminated by any negative stuff. You don't need to be there. You don't need to go and be contaminated by Satan. So, Jesus says, just pray for people. Pray there will be more workers. It's very few people. I'm tired sometimes. Sometimes my wife and I would minister to 10 o'clock at night. And, and people would think that we just come on church on Sunday and that's all we do. <laughs> we do a lot of stuff. <laughs> now everybody knows that. Do you think Pastor Tom just go home and sit? I, have, I, I, I go with Pastor Tom. I, I've been with him. He's not just my pastor. He's my leader. He's my friend. I see the work he does. I feel like in the last two months, Pastor Tom, I have age a year. Because of the headaches and the, and the agony in his heart for his people. Believe me, I know the man. I don't know if you know him. But you know you need to stand and pray. You need to stand and pray for the leaders of the, of, that God has put in place to protect them. We have to. You have to. This is your calling to hold his arms and help him. You have to know. That the way Satan tried to stop the work of the Lord is by lying to us that you or that we have not been chosen. That's how Satan stopped the work of the Lord. And he tells you, he says, you have not been chosen. That you have no authority. Let me tell you something. That he is a liar. You have been chosen by God to be the light of the world. Listen to the word of God. God is saying this to you today, to this congregation, to every person that is here. God has called you. He has chosen you to be the light of the world, to be the salt of the earth. You are ambassador for Christ. He has given you power to crush Satan, the snakes and the scorpions under your feet. Nothing will harm you. He has chosen you. Therefore, go into all the world and tell everybody about the good news of Jesus. Amen? Tell them. Don't be afraid. Don't be shy. People are going to hell because Satan has lied to you and say, God has not chosen you. He has. God has chosen you. Come on. Look what he says to Jesus. Look what he says to Jesus. In Matthew 3, the tender came to him and says, 
if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. You know what Satan was saying to Jesus? He was saying, if it's true that God has chosen you and say that you are his son, prove it to me by doing what I tell you to do. That's what Satan says. That's basically what he says. If it's true that God has chosen you and, and it's true that you are his son, well, you know what? Prove it to me by doing what I tell you to do. You see how deceiving Satan has snake he is? So you have, to, you have to understand that you don't need to prove to Satan that God has chosen you. You're not. You don't have to. In fact, let me finish with this. You defeat Satan or you defeat Satan or you shut him up the same way that Jesus shut him up. You know what Jesus says? It is written. I don't need to argue with you. I don't need to find out if I need to obey or I need to submit or if I need to tie or if I need to love my brother. Do I need? I didn't need to prove that to you. It is written. And by the power of the Holy Spirit that God had deposited in you, Satan will be under your feet and through prayer set with these three weapons in your side. It is written, the Holy Spirit in you, and prayer, no army from hell can come next to you. Amen? Come on. Let's praise the Lord. Stand up. Hallelujah, Father God. Father, I praise you, Lord. I thank you, Father, that you have given us the weapon to defeat this liar who has come against your people, Father. And we will stand together, united together, Lord, as one people. Father God, that Satan would not talk to me about my brother. Satan would not come against the leader, for we will stand together in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Woo! Jesus. Yes. Somebody. <laughs>